From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. The following is a feature story plucked from the KZMU News archives. The summer solstice is the longest day of the year, and it has significance for different cultures around the world. In our region, there's a growing number of observers that find a connection with this time and some rock art panels. The study of these interactions is called archaeoastronomy, or cultural astronomy, or ancient astronomy. And the field relies on the work of amateurs, scouring the Southwest for examples. Justin Higginbottom reports. Rory Tyler wasn't in Moab long before he had a hunch about the snake. He had moved from Oregon in 1993 and soon after hiked with friends to see the 20-foot-long petroglyph. That first trip was on the equinox. It's the time of year when day and night are about equal length. The group wondered if the sun that day would hit the panel differently, but nothing happened. Still, Tyler had a feeling, and he returned on the summer solstice. That's the longest day of the year. And about 11 o'clock in the morning, sun comes over the cliff above it, and uh, there's a kind of a curved fracture. It's called a conchoidal fracture on the snake, where the snake's face is. And the light uh, comes over the cliff, touches one edge of that fracture, and then spreads across it and forms a perfect arrowhead of light about a foot and a half high right on the snake's face. The whole thing lasts about two minutes. If you miss it, that distinct arrowhead of light fades into a smear. And it just smacked us between the eyes. It was so amazing. And then we started to talk about it and drib and drab, and it word got out. And by uh, last year, there were close to 100 people a year making that four-mile hike in the middle of uh, the summer up to that up to that site. In a twist of calendrical fate, Tyler first got into archaeoastronomy, what he likes to call ancient astronomy, at the beginning of the field study in the southwest. He happened to be hiking in Chaco Canyon in the 70s when Anna Sophia first recorded the astronomical importance of the Sun Dagger petroglyph. Sophia was a volunteer documenting rock art in the area when she noticed a dagger of light that bisects the petroglyph spiral at the solstices and equinox. It was the spark that kicked off similar research and what some call rediscoveries. After coming across Sophia and her work, Tyler was hooked. He began visiting rock art at those necessary times of the year. But if I don't go, I just kick myself. Say, well, I could have gone. It might have happened. And I feel disappointed in myself that I didn't even try. So for a long, long time, it was just, I got to go. Because if I don't, whether or not it occurs, it'll just make me feel bad about myself. Since the snake, he's documented events at other sites, a goose that lays a golden egg in arches, a panel in Hidden Valley that comes alive with the sun. And that's kind of what I've been doing here in Moab, you know, going out to places like the snake. I've been up to, I can't go there anymore. I'm too old and broke down, but I've been up there over 200 times. Hidden Valley, Hidden Valley is amazing. It's a, it's one giant calendar. I just figured that out a few years ago. That's not in any textbook you'll ever find. It it will be in a few years. He has a website where he documents his findings, and he's gained followers in the mission. He took around half a dozen people on 25 hikes between this last fall and spring equinox. As a consequence, there's a whole cadre of uh, 
Moab locals now who are much more highly educated and going out and doing that kind of stuff. Mary Grand is one of those cadre, although she's based in Grand Junction. During this year's summer solstice, she was at Hoven Weep National Monument in southeastern Utah. Around 25 people stood in front of a boulder, just enough of an overhang to shade its spiral petroglyphs. You know, got there in plenty of time and sat, sat in the cold morning. It was a wonderful cold morning. And just to see this light start to edge through and, and watch it bisect these circles from two different directions. It sounds like something that's so simplistic, and maybe that's part of the attraction. She doesn't know what brought the visitors there that morning, just like she doesn't know the intent of those ancient artists. But she does know what draws her to events like this. To have that kind of accuracy, to have that power of observation on a rock face, I, I just think it's a glorious thing in the world that we live in. We're all so fast moving, you know, every day is another day. But to um, see that someone took the time and the observation to create that, and then just think about how many generations of people like myself have sat there and, and watched that and went, yes, the, the earth is still turning, the sun is still coming up, and it's a, you know, it's a glorious day. John Lundwall is a co-founder of the Utah Cultural Astronomy Project. He says archaeoastronomy in the Southwest is still a growing field, slowly carving out academic respect. It's gone beyond just studying sunrise and sunset at, at a standing stone to a wider field of exploration as to how astronomy is used in, in basically any feature of ancient culture. His group's focus has been on the Fremont civilization. They work with the Utah Rock Art Research Association and archaeologists to catalog their findings. They're the first to do it. Lundwald just got back from a solstice trip in the Uinta Basin. He took time-lapse photos of a panel with a figure possibly wearing a triangular headdress. So it's one week a year. The sunlight spills through a little crack in the opposing canyon wall, and a V of light comes down and fills the figure's headdress perfectly. He says they've looked at hundreds of panels so far, and they've found six that have solar interactions. He says there's an important space for amateurs in this work. It's actually very time-consuming to go through each of these sites. We, we have to rely. There's tens of thousands of sites. We have to rely on people living in the local area who have seen something because there's just too many sites. His findings have been published in the peer-reviewed American Indian Rock Art Journal, but he says mainstream respect isn't always easy. We've submitted to peer-reviewed journals and we've gotten very rude responses. <laughs> There's a common criticism that is made against any work analyzing rock art, not just archaeoastronomy. One of the responses is, uh, oh, we don't interpret rock art and neither can you, so go away. And, and we don't try to interpret rock art, uh, you know, because it is very subjective and there's far more that, that we'll never know, right? So we go and are just looking at the measurements and the interactions. I mean, it's hard not to interpret some of it at some times. Theorizing a purpose to rock art can even be offensive to some, including the descendants of those civilizations responsible for the work. What Rory and Moab knows for sure is what happens to him when he's there for an event. Here's what happens to me. 
once I know something like that is happening, I'll go back like a second time, third time, fifth time. And every time I go, I'm like waiting. Is it going to happen? Is it going to happen? You can't help but feel apprehensive as to whether or not it's going to happen. And then when it does happen, there's this sense of relief. And I mean, I'm just speaking from my own personal experience. Yeah, there it is. It's doing what it's supposed to do. And that as a human being, that tells me that the cosmos is in order. And no matter what my personal problems may or may not be, the universe is doing exactly what it should be doing. And I feel a certain sense of security and, uh, and joy, actually. You know, it's, 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 it's all working. He says there's still so much to learn, so many more rediscoveries. He recommends the wise observer to visit every panel at every reasonable season. But he has a warning. You start doing that, and the sun might take over your life. Justin Higginbottom for KZMU News. That was a feature story plucked from the KZMU News archives. Find more evergreen features, audio portraits, and special programs on the KZMU News page at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. Podcasts.